Ryan, and we're back once again with the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here, and we're still in mourning. Uh, it still is a very dark time for Los Angeles Lakers fans around the world and basketball fans in general because we're still mourning the death of one of the greatest basketball players to ever play the game, Kobe Bean Bryant, who passed away in a helicopter crash along with his daughter Gigi, a.k.a. Gianna, and seven others in a helicopter crash in the Calabasas area in Southern California. And I'll tell you what, it's just been a dark time for a lot of people out there, but we're, we're all trying to get through it. We're all trying to pull through it together. Talking about it, I think, has helped a lot for, for a lot of people about their feelings, about their memories, about everything that they've gone on and known about how they felt and, and what they've seen when it comes to Kobe Bryant. And here today with me to talk more about what's going on, not only for the Lakers Fast Rate podcast, but for a special episode that they're presenting today on the Cuyahoga Valley Radio Network. And I cannot thank them enough for allowing this show to air on that station. And here with me today is a good friend indeed to talk about it, a man who I've come to know through the show and also through his awesome site, Lakerholics.net. If you want to go ahead and talk more about Kobe, your thoughts, your feelings, your memories, there's no better place I'd go than Lakerholics.net to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. I know him as Tom Wong, and every show I start talking to him and know him as well as Laker Tom. And and Laker Tom, I tell you what, uh, it's a dark time right now for us Laker fans, but we're, we're going to have to pull on through. Well, I think that uh, I can't remember a day as bad as Sunday in a long time. Um, when I got the news of, of the accident, the, the only thing I could do is say, please, God, no, that can't happen. It was just such a tragic thing. And then you get the different news of, of what's happening and so forth. Such a tragedy. And, and Kobe was such a big part of everything that is Lakers that it's, it's hard to, it's hard to handle the news. Um, I know on the site, it's just been a constant morning. Almost everybody that I know who's a diehard Laker fan, was really unable to talk without breaking down into tears yesterday. For me, it was exceptionally difficult because one of the things that I've really admired and respected Kobe for in the last few years is his embracing of his daughter playing basketball. I have two granddaughters, both wear number 24. Both are playing CYO and AAU basketball. I had games with each one of the daughters yesterday. Um, and it was, you just had to remember Kobe would have wanted everything to go on. He would have wanted the games to continue, which is why the NBA made their decision not to postpone the games. And But it was really hard to, to do that. It was hard to, at all to talk about him. Um, I know you had a podcast yesterday, and I don't know how you could have gotten through that podcast, Gerald. I'm going to be honest with you. At the beginning, I didn't know I was going to be able to pull through it, but talking to TJ, and I want to thank TJ Johnson, a voice from the underground, also one of my regular hosts uh, as well for, for doing it. He was not up to it. I was not really up to it, but you know, by the end of it, we were really helping each other out. Yeah, I, I was not in even a shape to talk about it even. I mean, I went down to tell my wife about it, and, and my voice was just breaking up, and I just couldn't handle it. Um, closest thing for me to ever have that happen again. You know, it's rare that somebody can be so important in your life that you've never met personally. 
that's you know one of your heroes and and for me the closest thing was the death of jfk um i can't remember anybody else other than jfk and kobe bryant that that brought me to tears and part of it was part of it was not that you know i mean there have been a lot of people that heroes that i've had who've died of natural causes and so forth but this is just so tragic and the fact that is the fact that his daughter was on the plane and two of her teammates were on the plane, 13 year old girls. My granddaughters are 13 and 14. Uh, my son and I just both looked at each other yesterday and it was just, just incomprehensible. You just almost cannot believe it happened. It was like some bad nightmare movie that you woke, hope you wake up in the morning and it was just a movie. Um, well, I, feel- I can tell you as someone as well who has a daughter's two daughters 12 and 14 it, it to me it was particularly frightening yeah um i my wishes and prayers go out to uh, his wife vanessa and and the other three girls uh and his family and all of his friends his mother and father um it just it, it's just so hard to take I know all of us are broken up about it. I, I'm <laughs> devastated still, even to this day. It's knowing him as a competitor, as as that aggressive nature that he had. He would want us to pull through and and try to do what we can to be the best individuals that we could be, and move on and remember his name and remember his daughter and remember all those people that unfortunately perished in the crash and and learn from this and and hopefully we we can become better people by remembering what made Kobe Bryant so great. And that was the tremendous work ethic that he had. I want to hear your thoughts on your recollections of Kobe and what first endeared him to you when he first started out as a Laker, but maybe when he went to high school. You know, like all diehard Laker fans, we're always watching everybody that comes on the scene. And and I remember all of the talk before the draft that, Kobe was coming out for high school and here's this fabulous kid and so forth. And I can still remember the, the various news tidbits that you got. And back then it wasn't like it was today where you, you've got the internet and you've got, you know, inside information coming from a hundred different places and locations. It was, you know, I was just hanging onto the radio, listening to what was going on and, and hearing the rumors that the Lakers might trade for Kobe Bryant and that he was coming out. And I remember when I first heard the announcement that he was drafted by the uh, Charlotte Hornets, it was like, oh, no, you know. And then then shortly after that, you get the news that the Lakers traded for him. From that moment on, I mean, all the way through the to the first two air balls in the first play, that big playoff game where he air balled two straight shots and and following his career as he, as he, as he went through the years, um, there's just so many iconic moments and and for me, you know, some of them are the traditional ones, the 81-point game, the uh, uh, the pass to Shaq, you know, against Portland. That, that was that was just Shaq stuffed that ball down. That was – After such I a tremendous comeback. My, yeah, I was in – I was in the uh, – my, my daughter-in-law was giving birth to my grandson. Actually, was, she had had a problem and had gone to the hospital a couple of months before – uh, he was actually born and, and we were all in the hospital and my son was obviously very worried and I was very worried. My wife was there and my daughter-in-law was in the bed, but we had the TV on with no sound and we were watching the Portland game and uh, everybody yelled out, even my daughter-in-law when that shot went through. It was just uh, just one of those moments that's just spectacular. I think that's maybe my favorite Kobe moment. 
he was he was just something else. And then the way he came back in the playoffs after Shaq got fouled out at the time, and you know, you just go through it all the way through the 81 point games and the free throws after he tore his Achilles tendon and such. Um, he really became the heart and soul of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and even even more than that, I think the heart and soul of basketball for that generation, you know, he was his he was the goat of his generation. I don't think there's a doubt of it. You know, Jordan was the goat before that. LeBron's been the goat after that. Lots of candidates for who's going to be the goat going forward. But I've always felt that the goat basically was limited to each generation because you just can't compare the generations. But what set Kobe apart really was just exactly what you said, Gerald, that just work ethic and and total refusal to accept that he couldn't do something, you know. Um, he set a stage that you see guys like LeBron now have taken it to another whole level in a science of taking care of your body and 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 really the ultimate of a professional. You know, I look back when when I played high school basketball and I used to think I really worked on my game and I, I really had a good work ethic and so forth. When you compare that to somebody like Kobe Bryant, you really understand that that you were a total amateur. This was a guy who was really consumed with wanting to make sure that he was at the pinnacle of his profession. Um, and I think that that's the thing that just sets him aside. Um, I, again, it goes back to me with the fact that, you know, I didn't have a, I had a son only and I, I coached him and everything. And I went through and I can remember periods of times where I used to complain to my wife about how women's basketball was taking up too many pages in the LA times. And, uh, I, I, you know, and she basically told me, you're going to be sorry for that someday when you have granddaughters. And thank God I've got two granddaughters. And, you know, when I hear things like Kobe saying that he wasn't even watching the NBA after he retired, uh, he didn't even have a sub subscription to League Pass until Gigi said that she wanted to sign him to sign up for League Pass so she could watch the games. And then he started watching the games with her and, and uh, started sharing his moments. Um, there's that video of about, a, I think, about two weeks ago where he was at the Lakers game with Gigi at his side. And, and he was basically just pointing out things to her and telling her all about the game. I thought about that yesterday. I'm sitting up in the stands before my granddaughter's game and we're scouting the team, two teams that we're going to be playing in the next few weeks. And I'm sitting there with Alexa and I'm telling her, you know, look at that, playing that three, two zone. See, they got somebody going down, down the baseline in order to shift the side over and go four on one on the one side. Um, and all I could think of at that moment was just Kobe and Gigi sitting on the sidelines, Kobe doing that exact same thing I was doing with my granddaughter. So it's, you know, it's really, you know, I, Barack Obama said it best, man. Kobe's going to have another stage of his life. And, and hopefully, hopefully there's something out there that, that you get after you go through this life. And whatever it is, I know that he'll give everything for it. Legends don't die. Legends do not die. And certainly his name will live on forever, especially around basketball circles. And anybody who ever picks up the basketball ever again will probably come to know the name Kobe Bryant and what he achieved and, and how great he was over the course of his career. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. Five-time champion with the Los Angeles Lakers, 18-time All-Star, 15-time member of the All-NBA team, 12-time member of the All-Defensive team, most valuable player in 2008, 
I mean, 81-point game, which is the second biggest ever in a regular season game in history. You know, those numbers are just – they pop out at you. And, you know, was, I just mentioned today that he's going to be enshrined this year into the Hall of Fame posthumously. And I don't think there was ever a doubt about that, being the fact that he's one of the greatest players to have ever played the game. I mean, talk to me about the impact – that he has made upon the game of basketball, in your opinion, about where he ranks upon the pantheon of great players and how special was it to be a part of viewing, uh, you know, the, the brilliance that was Kobe Bryant? It's kind of funny. The uh, I'm older than most Laker fans that I see on the web and that I see even at Lakerholics.net. And so my love of basketball came back and, when I, and my first reason that I became a Laker fan was because of Wilt Chamberlain. I was actually a Wilt Chamberlain fan, much like a lot of people in the, in basketball today were LeBron James fans. Um, and so when Wilt changed teams, just like LeBron changed teams, I basically switched my team. So I was a San Francisco Warriors fan, then I was a Philadelphia 76ers fan, you know, and you go down the line and, and then lo and behold, growing up in Southern California, listening and watching to Chick Hearn and watching every Lakers game because I love the game of basketball. And at times rooting against the Lakers, lo and behold, Wilt gets traded to the Lakers. Now, I wasn't exactly, you know, for me, that was just like the perfect thrill because I grew up basically emulated my game and I wanted to be Jerry West, basically. I had Jerry West jump shot. I fashioned everything that I did after Jerry West. Uh, you see Kobe come around. And what, the thing that's really amazing about Kobe is when you look up in those stands at Staples Center and you see that there are two numbers retired, number eight and number 24. Um, and those were really two different Kobe Bryants. Uh, number eight was just the pure raw super athlete. The, 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 the guy who could jump with Michael Jordan and could have every move that you could possibly make and, and was just the uber athlete, the otherworldly athlete. And, uh, he was when he was young. He would just make moves that would just astonish you from the pure athleticism of the moves, um, and that was the Shaq and Kobe era. You know, uh, the first two championships, and then you switch it around, and Kobe gets a little older. And he changes his number to twenty four, and and he's battling through through a whole different thing where he's still an uber athlete, but there are other guys out there that can out jump him and outrun him and and so forth. And then the work ethic takes over and you see this guy who, you know, it's like players talking about, I can't beat him to practice. You know, I come to practice at six and he's there. I come to practice at five and he's there. I hear stories that he's there at four o'clock. Um, and he'd basically let work ethic replace all of that athleticism. So you, you find out things in, you know, some I've had people ask me before, who's better, number eight or number 24? And we're seeing today in LeBron James the value of experience uh, and how experience and savviness that you gather from having played for a lot of years in the league and been in a lot of situations can actually make you a better player as you get older than when you were younger in your prime. And so I thought 24 was just the superb Kobe Bryant at times moodier than the number eight Kobe Bryant and fighting against the whole analytics trend of, 
Um, you don't take mid-range jumpers, and it, and yet that mid-range jumper of Kobe's was always money. Um, and then you even go down the line. You look at the last year that he played after after coming back from the Achilles, and what it was it, sixty-three points in his final game? Um, A 60, 60. 60? That's that's just incomprehensible. How could he do that? How could a guy that old him lost a lot of his athleticism because of that injury? still go out there and put up 60 points. Um, that was a tribute to just work ethic and determination. He's a guy who just would not quit. Um, and that's the thing that I think you, you, you have to admire about Kobe, that he was never down, you know? You could, he, he, might, he might not have been as great as he was those last couple of years, but I still believe if he hadn't torn his Achilles, we would have had a chance at going into those playoffs, and we would have been the team that nobody wanted to, to play against. Um, he had really brought us back and basically sacrificed his body to get the Lakers into the playoffs that year, only to have it end tragically. Um, it's kind of a funny, sometimes you, you wonder about people who die young, who are tremendously talented, the James Dean, uh, Jimmy, uh, uh, I mean, the list now is pretty long. I mean, when you're talking about Marilyn Monroe, James Dean, Tupac, Notorious B.I.G. Right. You know, there's so many different names that are now become so iconic. Kurt Cobain. There's so many different iconic names now that have died so tragically. And, you know, it's it's something that, you know, our society, it's going to be of, uh, you know, they raise the stakes. They raise the, you know, the awareness of those individuals. There's, they, a, pedestal. there's they, a pedestal that rises up underneath those yeah, people. Yeah, they become larger than life. Yeah, they they become larger, almost bigger than they were during their the life, you know, the years they they were alive. So, they become such icons and idols for many yeah. for years to follow, and it just is something tremendous to see. And I have a feeling the same thing is going to go for Kobe Bryant. A lot of people are going to yep. continue to idolize him, and more people that are not even born yet, more people that are not even aware of Kobe yet, are going to come to idolize him, and you know everything that he stood for over the course of the many years to follow and many years to come, because he's going to probably reach that status that many of those other fallen stars have as well. And uh, I, I think it's well-deserved in Kobe's case because he worked hard every single day that he was out there on the floor, every single day, even after, you know, out there on the floor in his retirement. I mean, coaching those girls, earning with his production company, the Academy Award for Deer Basketball, right. which is, if you've seen it, is truly uh, highly recommended for just something as far as viewing is concerned. And even if you're not a basketball fan, it is very well done and very well deserving of the Oscar and the Academy Award. And just it just shows you the kind of dedication that he has to everything that he puts him his mind into, or that he put his mind into. And I'm just so grateful for the time that, that I was able to go ahead and witness and bear witness to it. Actually, my my daughter, 14-year-old daughter, her first basketball memories are of Kobe's last game. And she really didn't get into basketball until then. And, and it took Kobe's last game and the excitement that was generated to then, uh, that was generated then for just for her to get into it. And now she's she's a big time Lakers fan and she follows it uh, you know quite closely. And it's just great to see that that it took Kobe's brilliance for for not only her but also millions of fans around the world to become excited about basketball because it's something as you know you and I Tom are a little bit on the older side so we have you know we we caught that basketball bug so long ago 
and and just seeing the brilliance of Kobe help perpetuate that and those five championships that the Lakers have earned over the course of this century has helped you know bring our love for the Lakers even more. And I'll just tell you what I'm so grateful for everything Kobe has brought to the sport that Kobe brought to our society and that Kobe brought to our world. Just it's just truly incredible experience to be a witness to it. I cannot thank enough, you know, you know, er, you know, his efforts for, for everything he did. And just, it was just a privilege just to watch him play each and every game out. Well, I just wanted to go ahead and say, once again, I wanted to thank everybody for watching and also that we'll be listening to this on the Cuyahoga Valley radio network and also as well, the Lakers fast break podcast. We're on each week on wherever you get your podcasts. Plus also as well, if you want to be a part of the conversation right now, if you want to share your thoughts and your feelings now, the best place to do it I know of is Lakerholics.net. That's run by my good friend Laker Tom here. So I cannot thank you enough for, for taking the time to talk to me today. But I want to go into something about you know Kobe and, and the whole mystique, the Black Mamba mystique that, that he helped create and helped perpetuate and just became a larger-than-life type, type of thing. Tell me about your thoughts on the Mamba mentality itself and, and how that came about and how it just you know, it became such a, a big thing as far as making Kobe almost a larger than life character, you know, be, not only because of his play, his outstanding, his outstanding play on the basketball court, but just his attitude as a mentality that, that created that Mamba like attitude. Well, Kobe, one of the, one of the things that we're really going to miss is we won't see what Kobe did was going to really do for his second act, if you will, just because his life was cut short, but he had a great sense of marketing and a great sense of branding. And uh, I, I don't think there's any nickname of any player out there today that's as good as Mamba was for Kobe. And the way he explained it, you know, how that was, you know, that was the snake that was the most dangerous thing. And, and the way that it's taken off and so forth, I think there's no doubt that Kobe had in his mind this grand vision of becoming a mogul, you know, of really showing what you can do once you've got celebrity and money. Um, and it's something I think that LeBron has carried on and learned from Kobe too. So they had the whole concept of, of Mamba just in Mamba mentality, meaning that that never quit and deadly and you're always, you're always in the game no matter what. You just don't stop. Um, I think that that's an attitude that, you love in sports because the very best athletes and the superstars, the heroes that we craft out of sports and the guys that we buy the jerseys and, and, and love and die with, those are always the players who give everything to it. And Kobe, Kobe never did anything half-hearted. I mean, you, you hear the stories about him playing Monopoly with his kids and being ruthless, you know, bankrupting the girls and, and not refusing to make a deal on when when it says that they owe him this much for landing on boardwalk and so forth, um, he's just just a, and just a competitor. Period. You know, you'd never see him. You know, and, and and it's 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 just something that's really special about him. And I think that you know he had started to do that in his second career that he had, had developed this this sense of aesthetic and a sense of branding that was going to be part of all of the endeavors he still did. And I think that Mamba mentality, you know, even, you know, the, where he was headed, the Mamba Academy, where he was headed for that that tournament for the games. 
And, you know, to me, it, it goes back again to the, just how he had embraced his daughter's, his daughter's basketball career and her desire. She wanted to be an WNBA player. I hear a lot of criticism from people at times about the WNBA and about how it's not got the attendance. It's been being taken care of by the NBA. Um, but it's people with a vision like Kobe who really understand how important that becomes. If you had a son that loved basketball and, and wanted to give everything and became inspired by that sport and by the heroes that he saw in that sport, that's what Kobe was doing for girls. I see that in my granddaughters and the girls and in the leagues and teams that we play with. It's a mark that will be there as long as the legend of Kobe Bryant is there and probably will last past it. One of the things I wanted to ask you is since you are the, the guy behind Lakerholics.net, but you also have a lot of people that help you out with the site. And there is basically, if you want to be part of the conversation, it is Lakerholics.net. And there's so much conversation going on. So many people sharing their feelings and thoughts on there. Give me a, a, a sample or give me a baseline of, of what people are feeling at this point in time. This, you know, the dozens and dozens and dozens to hundreds of people that are you know, sharing their grief at this point in time with everyone else on Lakerholics.net, on the boards, on the chat areas, you know, just, just give me the overall feeling of what you think is going on in the mindsets of a lot of those people that are you know, just sharing their feelings and their, their thoughts on Lakerholics.net. It's been pretty much the same thing as you and I, Gerald. Uh, I know there's been a lot of people who didn't go to work today, just weren't ready to do that, you know, Discussion on almost everything else. Nobody's even mentioned a trade. Uh, nobody's even mentioned the game against the Clippers tomorrow night. Um, everything is just about how shocked they are and and just distressed and and condolences and wishes for Vanessa and the, and the other three daughters. And um, I mean, he just had one of the girls is not even a year old. Um, and you look at the toughness of the, of the situation. So it's it's been almost a, just a, a complete stopping of everything as far as discussions of anything else goes. Um, people just recounting how, you know, lots of, lots of stuff about your favorite moments with Kobe, your favorite memories, the great games, the championships. I mean, imagining the Lakers as a franchise, if we hadn't had Kobe Bryant, we might've gone through the last 20 years like the Clippers and had no championships um, so everybody who's a Laker fan just owes a debt to that, to the accomplishments that were spurred because of Kobe that you, you, he's part of it. You know, I mean, I'm in the process of within the next 30 days, we're going to have a brand new site out for Lakerholics.net. And one of the things that, that, uh, I've decided is that the site's going to be dedicated to Kobe Bryant, um, because everything that's, everything that's the Lakers today I can point back to is has evolved and become because of Kobe Bryant. And most of the fans on Lakerholics.net are just diehard Laker or diehard Kobe Bryant fans. Um, so it's, you know, they've embraced LeBron, but, but it was Kobe who built Staples Center basically and built the brand that has become the, the Lakers and built those memories that, that we all cherish. So, um, if anybody's out there or wants a place where they can go and, and read genuine, honest comments just from everyday fans like you and I and, and people who didn't know Kobe personally, um, it, it's, it's just something special. 
Um, I've got a friend uh, who is on the site also and, and basically actually knows Kobe and knows most of the players. He's a Hollywood uh, writer. He emailed me and basically was telling him that he's got a lot of friends in China. And he said, it's just incredible in China that this, that Kobe is, is like the hero of, of the whole NBA. And that's and, something I wanted to ask you about as well, because his reach was worldwide, just like yeah. the NBA's reach was worldwide. And a lot of people are mourning the death of David Stern recently as well, because of his impact and how he brought yeah. the game worldwide. It was players like Michael Jordan. It was players like Kobe who expanded the game and you could see the outpouring of love from all around the world. I mean, Italy, where he spent many years growing up, is honoring him all week long with tributes. And there's individuals out there that all from all around the world. Even the Dallas Mavericks says no one will ever wear number 24 again. That's a classy move. I know we talk yep. about Mark Cuban and you know things he does with the Dallas Mavericks and whatnot, but you know what? That's a classy move in and of itself. And that, that just tells you the respect that he had for Kobe Bryant and just this outreach from all around the world, from, from countries, from individuals and fans, from, from, you know, as far away, like you said, China, Australia, Japan, you name it. He had a reach that virtually any other player out there has never had before. Yeah, that's totally true. I mean, you even look at it. We've got a game with the Clippers coming up one of the coaches that I've always respected a lot but can't stand is Doc Rivers uh that that interview with Doc where he was in tears just trying to talk about how important Kobe was to the game and so forth um it just it just trivializes the just brings the reality that that uh, as much as we love it and as much as we die and live and die with every win and every loss it's just a game man it's just a game. Um, Kobe might say differently, <laughs> and uh, maybe maybe after we're done with the morning and can get back to life as a general, then we'll feel the same way again. But this is just a reality dose that that you know sometimes sometimes it is just a game when you compare it with certain things. And there is a game on Tuesday against the Clippers. Uh, right. I know it's going to be shown on national television here in the United States, and. A lot of people are going to be looking forward to it. They were going to be looking forward to it. I know we were for other reasons, right? for obvious reasons. But now the emotions are going to be running high. And, uh, you know, tell me in your opinion and tell me what you think the, the you know, the, the vibe you get from Lakerholics on that. It's going to be the type of emotions that's going to be around and, and the, you know, just how impactful it will be come Tuesday for that game. I mean, because – not only is it for another battle of L.A. and another proving point for the Lakers team that we have now, but also it's going to be, for most importantly, the first time that that the Lakers, as you know, publicly gets to honor Kobe, right. and and you know, just basically that the world gets to see what the how you know how the fans and especially LeBron, who's been quiet, and obviously the only images we have of is LeBron just breaking down. You know, and, and as he, you know, he, he flew down because the Lakers didn't find out until, well, they actually found out when they were on the plane. Not in the air. From, yeah. Yeah. Flying in a plane from Philadelphia. So, uh, you know, LeBron has, you know, basically been very distraught about it from, from all reports and, and what we've seen. And, 
just tell us the type of emotion that you think everybody's going to have and feel when when come Tuesday night when they have such a momentous game coming up between the Lakers and the Clippers. I think the game won't be momentous if nothing else. I think that the game basically will be a tribute to Kobe in the sense that what's most important, I think, is probably going to be the things that the players say about Kobe, their opportunity to talk about their relationships with him. Uh, he's mentored a lot of the guys around the league and some of the guys on the Lakers. Um, the irony that this happens a day after Kobe, you know, breaks after LeBron breaks Kobe's record for number third, most third, most points scored in the NBA that we lose Kobe Bryant. Um, well, you know, a day after Dwight Howard publicly asked Kobe to be part of his show when he goes into the dunk contest at 34 years old against all of these young legs. I just think um, how that's going to be now and what he might do to honor him. I think everybody's going to be breaking down all over again. Yeah. I I think the game, who wins the game is going to be a minor sideline to the tribute to Kobe. That's going to come from the fans from Staples center. I wouldn't be surprised if every single person who showed up in that arena wore a 24 or eight Jersey. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like, Gerald. I mean, I, I know that, you know, it's, I mean, people want I don't know how to long get, it's going to take the world to get back to normal, you know, at least for, for basketball fans in general and Lakers fans, yeah. primarily it's going to take a little while before things get back yeah. to normal because it's going to be hard moving on without knowing that Kobe's yeah. there, you know, some form of fashion right there on the sidelines, right there, you know, on front at, the, you know, near the court or even watching or commenting on Twitter or anything like that. It's going to be hard to know that, it, you know, he's not going to be there in some type of, you know, presence. And because yeah. there's always been that presence of Kobe, even with through social media, there's, it's just been around the Lakers as far as with that presence, you know, even after he's retired and it's still there. Like you said, when he took Gigi uh, to the games, uh, you know, even recently, he's still there. People go out of the way to, to say hi and players that just have truly modeled their game after a lot of things that he did. For instance, Luca, you know, when he went and, and spoke Luca in, in his language and, yeah, and Luca took around and yeah, there it was Kobe and Trey Young, who was just truly devastated because Gigi had expressed to him about that. He was his, uh, that she was his favorite, um, favorite current player. And, and, you know, that truly devastated Trey Young and, just the things that you see and hear about the love that people have for Kobe Bryant and the mystique he has and the, the hold he had on the Lakers and also the, the NBA as well, just it's truly going to be missed and the presence that he's not there, that's going to be hard to overcome, uh, you know, and the motions that they're going to be displayed here in the not too distant future, uh, not only on Tuesday, but going forward. As the season gets, you know, obviously dedicated for the rest of the season and whatever the Lakers do is going to be in memory of him. It's going to be something that, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to weigh heavy on, on not only the Lakers, but the Lakers fans as well. I think that there's. This may be a crazy idea, OK, but. In all of this that's happened right now, and, and you look at the situation, and you think about what Kobe would say and what Kobe would do, it wouldn't have shocked me if if uh, if the Lakers go on and win it for Kobe. 
I actually think that there's some power behind that thought that Kobe, no matter what you say about Kobe, there's very few guys who their entire career bled purple and gold, didn't go to another team, you know, were there and then still supported the team after they retired. Most seasons um, with one team, I believe him and Dirk are 20 years, correct? Yep. So I, you know, I, th I think there's something behind the sentiment. It's probably a sentiment that nobody wants to say right now at this moment, and it's probably too early for it. But I do think there's something about win it for Kobe that's going to grow slowly and will be a way the, to take the – it would be a way to honor Kobe by taking what, would, what he would have done in that situation and turning it around from devastation to celebration. And I'm hoping that that's the way that the Lakers will take it and that they will go out there and, and in appreciation for everything that Kobe Bryant has done for the Lakers organization through his years and through his great play, that they'll go out there and win one for him. Um, that's what my hope will be. Mine as well, my friend, mine as well. Once again, I'm talking to Tom Wong, a.k.a. Laker Tom. You can catch what he's doing whether or not it's his great articles on medium.com, but also as well on his site, Lakerholics.net. I hope everyone will get a chance to go ahead and check out Lakerholics.net and, and be part of the conversation so you can express your love for Kobe, express your feelings, your memories, and anything you want to go ahead and talk about Lakers-wise on Lakerholics.net or catch us every week when we talk about the Lakers on the Lakers Fast Break podcast. And I'll tell you what, my friend, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of motions, a lot of things that are that are going on. It just it, yesterday was such a heavy day for all of us. It just I felt it in my body, I felt it in my chest, and it was just so hard. And I, I cannot thank enough TJ Johnson from Voice from the Underground for speaking to me at length. It it really helped me. I was we both weren't sure we were gonna go on. We both weren't sure we were gonna be able to speak. We both thought that we were probably gonna make fools out of ourselves on camera. Uh, but you know, we got through it and it was actually very therapeutic for all of us with you. I know yesterday was a tough day and you couldn't come on the air and I know you had to coach your girls and I wanted to know you have to get through the day as well. How did you get through the day yesterday? You know, as far as what things did you do? Who did you talk to and, and where did you go to find some solace in such a sad time like this? Well, it was it was kind of funny by the time I first got the news and told my wife about it and we had to get ready to go to my granddaughter Mia's game. Um, and, uh, I really didn't even want to go at first, you know, at, at first I was just, I'm just sitting down in front of the computer, trying to get the news, trying to figure out what happened. I mean, at that point in time, before I left for the game, you know, the, the crazy dumb rumors that all four daughters had died with them on the plane were out there. And I was trying to grapple with that, you know. Um, and then Rick Fox was. And then Rick Fox was supposed to be on there. And, and you know, uh, it's, you know, I mean, get the news right, guys. It doesn't do any good to, to beat somebody else when you create crazy rumors that just cause more pain in people. So, you know, and but then I. Then I, you know, and so my wife took off with her car to go and, and I left me here and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about the whole thing. And I said, I, I just got to, I've just got to go to Mia's game. I can't miss this game. Um, so I jumped in the car and zoomed off and turned on CNN, you know, just, it's normally the station I listen to when I'm in the car. 
Well, CNN, it's not a single word about politics. Everything's about the Kobe Bryant plane crash. Um, and so at least I at least I found out that it was only only uh, Gigi who was on the plane with Kobe. Um, although two two of his two of her teammates were on the plane. You know, you think about three 13 year old girls who all love basketball and you know that it's just so tragic, you know, and they're pen one of the mothers and then and then uh, one of the, the one of the great baseball coaches in Southern California in Southern California junior college figs. Him and his wife were there with their daughter. Um, just so tragic. So I get to the game, you know, and and the game's getting ready to start, and and I'm watching the game, you know, and uh, I see my son, and you know, and he's got tears in his eyes. And uh, one of the girls, one of the best players on the team, had heard the news and had told my daughter, told my granddaughter, and she told her dad, and you know, he grew up as a Kobe fan. I mean, it was just horrible in that sense um they won the game though they played extremely well and then i then i had to, to go off to the second game with my other granddaughter and we were going to scout two teams that we were playing i got to the arena there and and saw lots of friends that i knew in the guys who were referees and coaches and the cyo and uh talked to the other coach uh, who was there because he had was there with his girls and we talked about the whole thing with kobe and so he had a lot of his girls. I live in Northern California, so we're like an island of Laker fans among all of the Warriors fans, if you will. But it helps. It helps just to talk it out. Just it does. It does help to talk it out. Except my problem was as I couldn't really talk. Every time I tried to say something about it, my son would say something about it, and I'd start to talk and I'd start to cry. Um, and I didn't, you know, I just, you know. I know I remember at the end of the games, hugging both of my, each of my, at the end of each game, I hugged each of my granddaughters and I couldn't, you know, tears in my eyes, just, just the whole, the whole thing that Kobe and Kobe and, and those three girls with their parents were on the way to a game, just the same as I was with my, you know, in the car. And, and, you know, you could have had a car accident, just like a helicopter accident. In fact, they probably say that your chances of having an accident in the car were greater than the chances of having an accident in the helicopter. Um, but just that that parallel between it just made me want to, you know, hang on to them and not let go of them, you know. Uh, that was the biggest sense that I got. And a lot of the a lot of fans on Lakerholics.net had very similar things, you know. Make sure you hug your husband or your wife on the way to work because God knows whether you'll see them again. And uh, so, you know, for me, I just wasn't, I wasn't emotionally capable of really talking about it in a great extent. You know, um, I really actually appreciate the chance to talk about it with you. Um, and, uh, I was just, I was just too emotionally overwrought yesterday. You know, I just, I just couldn't stop crying. You know, if I'd start crying, it was just, you know, I'm, I'm there in the arena with, you know, I'm coaching these girls and, you know, the world goes on like Kobe, like Kobe would have said, you know, let's play. Absolutely. As I described in my conversation with TJ Johnson from Voice from the Underground yesterday, if Kobe were alive right now, he would probably slap all of us and, and collectively yeah. and just say, you know what, snap out of it. You know, life goes on. There's a I'm, game on Tuesday. Right. Laker fans have got to go ahead and, and you know, support their team. But you know what, Laker fans are also going to go ahead and support their team by also supporting one of the greatest to have ever played the game. 
And, you know, as we close out in the last 15 minutes here of our show, and again, I want to thank everybody for watching. Thank everybody for listening to Lakers Fast Break. Hope you get a chance to go ahead and listen to more episodes that we've got on our all of our podcast networks that are out there. And if you have any questions, please let us know at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com, or you can just send it as part of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I want to go ahead and, and just say, you, you know, what is it about Kobe that struck you most? You know, what is it about Kobe's career that really just propelled him in your eyes to become one of the best that you've ever seen? I think that it's probably encapsulated with the Mamba mentality that from the time he came into the league and threw up those first two air balls as in the playoffs to, you know, finishing his career with a 60 point game is a guy who never quit was never intimidated, was never afraid. You could block his shot, you could block his dunk, but that would not, you know, he had the ultimate, the ultimate shooter's mentality that you never worried about the last shot, the next shot was going in. So I think that that level of confidence and backed by the fierce determination that he showed while he played the game was the fierce determination he showed as he prepared for the game. You hear the phrase Kobe-esque sometimes when players make moves in the court and so forth. To me, the greatest compliment that anybody could give somebody in athletics today or in any endeavor today would be to say that their work ethic and their effort and their determination to their craft, their commitment to their craft was Kobe-esque. I think that's what stands out most to me. It's a thing that I use sometimes with my girls when I'm coaching them that basically, you know, you don't want to quit. You never quit. It doesn't matter. If you miss the last shot, that doesn't matter. Don't cry over spilled milk. Just take the next shot. I congratulate them. I want every one of them to take a shot when they've got the chance to shoot. Um, and Kobe was a guy who totally believed in that, you know. Uh, one of the things that he would get most angry about teammates was when they had an open shot, they didn't take that shot. Because that just fouls everything up. You know, you have to play with confidence. And, and the only way you learn to do that is to learn to forget when you make a mistake. Learn from it, yes, and, and don't make the same mistake again. But you basically have to have to have some Mamba mentality in you. One of the things I wanted to ask you before we head on out, and like I said, we're in our final 12 minutes or so here on the Lakers Fast Break podcast, is you know th those memories the most that stick out to you i mean the games that you think really just define kobe and who he was as a player i want you to go ahead and describe to me i mean the easy answer is the 81 point game and i saw that game firsthand i didn't see it on tape delay i didn't see it on you know i have seen it you know again uh in in future recordings after that but I did see it live as it happened i was privileged to see it and i saw the brilliance right there up in person but for me, probably one of the most memorable games was one of his worst games, actually. And that was against uh, the Boston Celtics in game seven of the 2009 series. And I, as I was speaking to TJ Johnson, of the voice from the underground, what impressed me most was that he was awful shooting the ball for virtually in the entire game. But he found other ways to help the team win. You know, it, it's just you hear it all the time about Alex Caruso, about uh, so many other players. Oh, he does the little things. He does everything else to help the team win, to to provide that platform. And 
Kobe did exactly that. He he rebounded in double digits. He passed the ball efficiently. He got the you know got to the open man. He played really hard defense against the Boston Celtics at that point in time, and it truly impressed me that day to see that no matter how frustrated Kobe got with the shooting, he never let the other parts of his game let down. And to me, I just thought that was just a tribute to the determination that he has and the will that he had in that game where it was truly one of the ugliest games you could probably see is from a basketball standpoint. I mean, it's something you probably would never show that as far as teaching offense to a play, to any player out there, but from a defensive standpoint, especially the defense and the, the effort and the team defense that Kobe displayed on that day, uh, I think it was just something that it shows that Kobe was, you know, had more to this game and it had more to his game than just shooting, than just going ahead and just filling it into the basket and be, being at that point in time the third highest scorer of all time, which was just recently passed on Saturday, ironically, by LeBron. He had much, so much more to his game that made him such an outstanding player. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I, there's so many, you know, it's kind of ironic that a lot of people will remember Kobe for his scoring only. Um, and they'll forget about all of those all defensive team honors and and the great passing ability that he had and uh, and the fact that he'd do the dirty work and the little things when he couldn't couldn't make the big shots. Um, one of the things that I think is I've always felt is really important in sports and in probably in basketball more so than even even baseball for sure and football. I mean, in football, you got the right quarterback and baseball, you got the right pitcher. Those things are really important. But in basketball, there's only five people on the court. And when one of those people you know is the greatest player in the world who's going to give you every single thing you want and will answer every bell that's going to happen, that instills confidence in the other players on the team. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking about the NBA Finals, whether you're talking about a girls' uh, CYO basketball tournament or an AAU game, or just a pickup game down the street where there's four guys on each side and you're playing on asphalt. When you know you have the best player in the game, it instills confidence in everybody else. And I think that's what happened in that Celtics series. Um, and you've seen other great players do the same thing, you know, that, that there's something about having the best player. I've seen LeBron do it many times, and I've seen the result of LeBron being on a team inspire the team to play so much over their normal level. Um, there's just a level of confidence you get. Um, every single guy on that court, nobody would have complained if Kobe had taken the last shot and the game was a was a one-point win and or you're behind by one point and Kobe took that shot just because you knew that he was going to do the right thing. That, um, I mean, his overall numbers maybe, or just like every you know other star NBA player, when it comes down to taking that last shot, you know, the, the percentages aren't the greatest. I mean, LeBron with, with whoever you want to put MJ, whoever, but the fact is he wanted that last shot and he yep. wanted to take it more than anyone else on the team. And the reason that you get to the point where you can take that last shot, uh, and very often is because you've inspired your teammates to play better. Um, that's the one thing that, you know, you just can't bottle that type of that type of ferocity that that your teammates can count on you and that the game is everything and he's going to give you 180 percent every single time he steps on the court um 
you know, it's one of the things that I admire about LeBron James that he does he doesn't want to take a day doesn't want to take a night off. Um, that may be foolish in some ways, and at times we see the wear and tear on LeBron's game, and we have a bad game like we had the other night. And sometimes you saw that with Kobe too, because he was not a guy who wanted to rest. You know, he was the kind of guy who says, "What do you mean, pull me out of the game?" You, you know, you I don't think load management was in his dictionary. Yeah, that's not that's not the way you play the game. And that's no knock on Kawhi and on Paul George because I think both of those players have had career-threatening injuries. That it's it's in you know as as it was said in a, in a recent article I I read uh, the Clippers really have injury management, not load management. There's a difference there. Um, but Kobe was you know Kobe was an inspiration not only to the players, not only to the fans and. And and uh, basketball lovers all over the world, um, he was an inspiration mostly to the guys who played with him, you know. Because when you stepped on the court with him on your side, um, there's there's a certain there's just a certain amount of swagger there that that just makes sense. Um, and I've heard that word as as something that was really the ultimate description of Kobe. Uh, if anybody in a Mamba mentality epitomized anything. Uh, the closest synonym in my book would have been swagger. Kobe really had the true swagger and he did everything behind it to make sure that if, if his team was out there with him, they would have that swagger too. I think he that's earned that swagger. championships. Yep. He earned that swagger every single bit of it. Tell you what, Tom, it's just been so awesome to talk to you. Uh, again, I want to thank everybody who has watched on all these tremendous Facebook groups. And I want to say a special thank you to not only Lakerholics.net, but also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Lakers Fast Break, Real Lakers fans worldwide, Los Angeles Lakers fans, Born a Lakers fan, Die a Lakers fan, all these Facebook pages and all these Facebook groups. I cannot thank you enough for allowing us to go ahead and express our thoughts on the greatness that is Kobe Bryant and allowing us to go ahead and elaborate in detail on his life and his legacy. And that's something I will ask you as our final question today is explain to me in your best thoughts, the, the legacy that Kobe Bryant will leave upon this earth or that he leaves upon this earth at this point in time. I think the single word that you could put to it is greatness that was never realized. I think that uh, unlike maybe Elvis, who overstayed his time in the spotlight, Kobe really missed out on the second level of the second act of his spotlight. Um, and I think that in that in that sense, the way that he'll be elevated on a pedestal along with James Dean and all of these other great heroes of America that that uh, uh, died before their time was up. Um, we're always going to wonder how, what he would have done and what he would have accomplished. But the true mark of it is, is that the world is going to mourn the loss of one of the greatest basketball players and greatest athletes that we've ever seen. And uh, it's well-deserved. And uh, I think that in the end, we're going to see it have an impact on this Lakers team. And I think it's almost as if you could expect Kobe to put one last tweet in there and say, win it all for me. Cause I think that's, what's going to happen when the Lakers get back to playing basketball after a respectable time of mourning 
the loss of one of the greatest Lakers in the history of the game. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Once again, I'm talking to Tom Wong, a.k.a. Laker Tom. If you want to go ahead and share your thoughts, there's a great place to do it, and that's Lakerholics.net, where they're having the conversation right now. And all the the individuals that are there, there's so many people that are part of it that are sharing their thoughts and their memories and their love for Kobe Bryant. Go ahead and be part of the conversation today and all throughout the season at Lakerholics.net. And again, for us, uh, we're the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Now, hopefully, you'll be able at some point in time, if you liked what you heard today, give it, you know, give us a listen to us. Uh, we're on each week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, you know, wherever you get your podcasts. Just type in the words Lakers Fast Break, and we're there. And if you do, we just cannot thank you enough for doing so. And if you give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, that helps us become more visible to Lakers fans out there. We'd be truly honored and humbled if you did. But I'll tell you what, it's just, it's been a rough time for everyone out there. And I cannot blame anybody for having some hard times getting through this because it has been hard for all of us as Lakers and also basketball fans worldwide. Uh, when one of the true greatest individuals to ever play the game, Kobe Bryant, passes away in a helicopter crash. But again, we want to express our condolences not only to the Bryant family, also, as well, I want to express condolences to the, all the families that that lost loved ones in the in this tragic accident. And you know, as the days go by, you know, the memories of all those individuals who perished in that tragic, tragic helicopter crash they were they will not be forgotten. Their names, their their lives will not be forgotten. And I know by us all around the world, we'll never forget the legacy that is Kobe Bryant. And I think. Like we talked about earlier in the show, it's just going to become larger and larger than life in the years to come. Tom, any last thoughts on the way out? Uh, you know, it's just been, been incredible talking to you. I just, I know you just want to share some last and final thoughts. Yeah, I, I, I have the same feelings that you do, Gerald. Uh, uh, all of our hopes and prayers go out to Vanessa and, and the rest of the rest of Kobe's kids. Um, and the families of, uh, of the, the other two girls on the flight, as well as the pilot. Um, it's such a tragedy. We don't know right now what happened there. Um, you know, and, and uh, I just hope that uh, I just hope that everything will be OK for those families and that they'll be able to recover and move forward. Um, and as Kobe would have wished, the games will go on. Life will go on. We'll all move on. Um, so if you, best thing to do is to hold on to and hug and love the people that you cherish and don't take them for granted. You know, every day, appreciate what you have because it could be gone in a flash. That's so true. That's so very true. Well, again, I want to thank everybody for watching. Thanks so much to everybody that's listening to this on the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Thank you so much to the Cuyahoga Valley Radio Network for airing this special Lakers Fast Break podcast. And to everyone out there, keep the faith, hug a loved one, share your thoughts, and just be strong because Kobe would want it that way. And, you know, as we remember, Kobe will continue to do so for the years to come as one of the greatest to ever play the game. And cannot thank Kobe enough for everything that he did while he was alive. And thank you so much for listening and being a part of today's show right here on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.